Welcome to the Asian Fit. You are listening to a podcast about Asian culture in Sweden. I'm your host, Sukin. And I'm your host, Emma. So, who are we and why are we two Swedes speaking English in a podcast about Asian culture in Sweden? Well, this isn't just for the Asians who speak Swedish or for the ones who grew up in Sweden, but for the Asians who have immigrated here, who might be thinking of moving here, and for the ones who are just curious. And why are we called the Asian Fit? The term comes from the eyewear industry, where certain frames are called an Asian fit when they are made to fit wider faces. This raises the question, is there an Asian fit, and if so, what fits into that? Alright, and then let's just switch to English, our, our normal little switcheroo. Okay, are you ready for the clap? Ah. Ett, okay. två. <laughs> okay. Ett, två, tre. Okay, bra. <laughs> All right. Okay, perfect. You gotta switch over to English, the king. Otherwise, oh, it's yes. gonna be super weird. <laughs> yeah, okay. Later. Yeah, I forgot about the languages. The languages. Um, all right, so this is episode six, and we're doing this episode a little bit differently. We are changing up our structure, and we've bo- both came, come, oh my god, my English this time. <laughs> we've both uh, prepared some takes, basically, on a subject, and now we're going to discuss yes. it. Um, yeah. Do you want to start by introducing your topics, and then I can introduce my mine, or... What do you feel? You made it sound so, I don't know, rigid. Like, <laughs> this is my topic. <laughs> this is my it PowerPoint really presentation. <laughs> uh, but I'm guessing that this will be more of a normal pod conversation. As in, I talk about what happened in my life and you talk about what happened in yours. And hopefully we will, uh, I don't know, come to some type of conclusion about what we what the hell we're doing. Some kind basically. of deep, interesting conclusion that our Hopefully. listeners don't feel like they yes. just wasted 40 minutes of their lives listening. Exactly. To. So I hope you don't waste your time with us. <laughs> or like, I hope that you don't feel that you're wasting your time with us. But also, Emma, you just like oversold us. <laughs> what? Like, mm, deep conversations. <laughs> it was obviously a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they get it. Um, but yeah, so basically, uh, I don't know, because you and I, when we, when we planned this episode, we were first going to talk about like culture in, uh, I guess, a broader sense. Yeah, um, yeah, it spanned a little bit too widely. Um, it covered like culture, general culture, which is already a big topic, and then also mm. fashion and food and media and like yeah. cultural appropriation. And in the end, we were like, okay, let's try and just slim it down and do one mm. topic. Um, mm. And I have kind of like been thinking a bit because we talked a bit loosely about TV shows and what we've been watching lately. And mm-hmm. Suking, so you revealed your deepest, darkest secret to me <laughs> about <laughs> your obsession with Pride and Prejudice. And I yes. think that kind of inspired the topic for today, I guess. Yeah, it became so basic. For those of you that don't know me or haven't known me for a very, very long time, 
I have always had these, I guess, I don't want to say obsessions, but yes, I've been quite invested into different things. So when I was young, when I was like seven, up until I guess basically my entire like teenage years, I was so obsessed with Harry Potter. Because it was like, I guess, some type of escape and uh, I don't know. And it's a, it's a brilliant world. Um, but uh, so I've always had these different phases and I get into them so deep. <laughs> so it's like when I was around 16, 17, I had a phase where I watched uh, Pride and Prejudice, the 2005 version. <laughs> with Kira Knightley and Matthew McFadden. Um, like, obsessed, uh, like totally, I watched it probably every day when I came home from school for about like three or four months. That's so I know lot. every line. <laughs> yeah, I know every, like every scene. And then I, I forgot about it and I don't know what happened. I watched, I think I was scrolling on TikTok and something came up about from that movie and I was like oh my god I need to watch it now <laughs> <laughs> so I went to Netflix I watched it like obsessively for I probably watched it like three or four times and this is a movie it's two hours long so it's not just like oh, I'm gonna put it on and yeah uh, so all of this and what I realized when I was watching this because it I think most of us, uh, most of you listening should know, or should know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're familiar with the story. So it's about, or do you, because you, you've seen it. I've seen it, yeah. And I've read the yeah. book and mm -hmm. I've watched the, I think the BBC 10 episode series is more superior <laughs> to the movie, yeah. partly because I fucking hate Kira Knightley. <laughs> <laughs> I find her so annoying and like she's probably a, per a good human and yes. I think her acting is I guess fine maybe mediocre <laughs> maybe fine I don't know but there's just something like I don't like that movie so much but there are some mm -hmm. really good scenes and there's some really Fantastic good like scenes. gifts and like yeah looping so, videos so, of clenching it hands beautiful, <laughs> it is a beautiful movie you can't mm. take that away from it it's like yeah. fantastic cinematography and so on and uh but um because i think that someone was talking about succession with me and i was like oh my god it's it's mr darcy in succession but he plays like a totally different character like a real yeah a, a, a sad a very human character uh but in this case so this brought me back to this entire world and I was like okay I have to rewatch this and fell in love with Mr. Darcy again or like I never fell out of love with him he just like <laughs> you know I don't he's know it always feels like been. I know them he's always been there he's always been <laughs> lingering in the back <laughs> yes and I'm like oh this is why my expectations are so high and you know but I don't uh, wait what <laughs> he's kind of like a very flawed person. Do you call yeah. that high expectations? Is this, is it just like you want somebody who's really rich and kind of an <laughs> asshole? Damn it, that is the key. <laughs> this is that's why my expectations are high, not because like um yeah, I, I just want someone rich, I guess. Ten thousand a year. Ten thousand two cats a year. Um but yeah. I mean that kind of you know unreal expectations and like mm -hmm. you know unreal setups makes me think a lot about korean dramas 
Definitely, definitely. And this is uh, uh, what I saw uh, both in myself and when like I took a step back when I was watching this uh, Pride and Prejudice fantastic movie was how alike this was to a lot of Asian dramas that I watched uh, throughout my life because it's some if you don't think about you know the um, how do you say it if we only focus on the dynamics between the people I feel like so (laughs) one of the most famous scenes in Pride and Prejudice is the hand scene yeah. The hand flexing. So the it's hand basically flex. <laughs> hand flex. The hand flex. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Elizabeth Bennett, the main character. She is going on. Um, she's staying at some type of castle, and Mr. Darcy's there. And the the two of them have this weird dynamic. They kind of hate, but also love each other. <laughs> it's a very so, good dynamic. I love movies that fantastic. have that dynamic. Actually, yes. And, and I'm like, is this, this toxic? Is this bad? Is this a bad thing I've learned? <laughs> through all the romantic movies. No, I think it's very real. Yeah, there's just something with, like... So, like, I rewatched this movie, Becoming Jane, because I love that movie. Mm -hmm. I love Anne Hathaway, Mm -hmm. and I love James McAvoy. And I found Mm -hmm. out through talking to you about it that you have, like, an obsession with Scottish accents, (laughs) which I find hilarious as well. (laughs) But there's that, that movie also, like, revolves around, like, this kind of hate to love relationship like they people mm. start by like the the couple they start by hating each other and then slowly mm. they start liking each other and i don't mm. know why but it's just so fucking delicious to watch somehow you're like ah oh, yes and i'm like yes but can't we just can people just like each other from the start or is that just less interesting yeah because this is i guess the thing with the with both pride and prejudice and like for example, the Korean dramas and so on. It's like everything is drawn out for so long because the hand flex scene, it happens like one hour into the movie. I mean, if you don't know the scene, you need to Google this. Like just Pride and Prejudice hand flex. You, you'll you know what we mean. Yeah, because during those times, I don't know what is it Regency era. I don't yeah, know what type is. of era it is. I think it is. And yeah, and uh, so basically the two of them have danced in a ball and then they kind of have this weird back and forth where they kind of hate each other and just put down each other in the conversations. So you feel like, oh, they're, ha- they're hating each other. And then um, <laughs> Elizabeth Bennet goes up a, a carriage because she's leaving that castle and <laughs> Mr. Darcy helps her up. So he holds her hand <laughs> and this is like this scene. <laughs> It's still now. I mean, it's 17 years ago this movie came out, and people still talk about it on like very specific, I guess, uh, forums. But still, they still talk about this because <laughs> this is the first time they've actually touched mm. each other. And it's it, just like in Korean dramas when the, the like main characters um does anything basically holds hands and it's like 10 episodes in and you get so pumped up (laughs) because the absence of sex uh, or like the absence of physical touch and so on um is uh, so prevalent i guess and then when it actually happens you're like oh my god dopamine (laughs) it's such a specific thirst it's the same like so you (laughs) sent me this clip of an almost kiss and was like oh my god from the same movie and i don't know it's just such a specific specific thirst right where it's like it's not like i want to put 
I want to put my like ass on your face. It's more like, <laughs> oh my god, they they touched fingers, and it's like, yes. oh, making people like lose their shit. It's it's really interesting. And it, it is, is interesting. Um, and in all of this, I'm like, okay, so why do people like this? Why do I like this so much? Yeah. What is it about it? And I think it's both the fact that you're not handed just a love story. Uh, or, if it, you know, because this is, I think, the time that we're in um, about, you know, all of these, I guess, like one night stands and all of these relationships that kind of move super quickly in the beginning. But then you realize, OK, it's not the fact that they're not <laughs> fucking each other, but it's more <laughs> the fact that they don't know each other on an, like a mental level. Yeah. Uh, while in this case, it's a reverse kind of thing you know which makes i guess the love more not necessarily tangible but uh, i don't know i have this is my take on it and i just formed okay, it yeah. in my mind right now as mm-hmm. we're talking about yeah. it and i think it has like a close connection to so i have a really soft spot for like high school romance movies yes like yes. i can't <laughs> help it is my guilty pleasure but i think there's a connection here like mm-hmm. i think there's something very like interesting for certain people like us maybe um now that you spoke about like the movies where they get straight to it and they have sex immediately and stuff like that Mm. there's something about the innocence and something Mm. about the Mm. first love that Mm. makes that heightens those things because if Mm. you think about the thing they have in common like both this movie and like a high school romance movie it's like it's the first relationship they have, you know? And in the Regency era one, that's a bit fucked up. It's like, oh, you're like Mm -hmm. 30 and you're having your first relationship and that person has to be the person you marry. Like, there's a lot at stake there. But they they treat each other in the same way that you would treat a first love in school because you are Mm. innocent and you haven't been in touch with any of these like the more sexual things and Mm. things go slower. So you're in this like courting, courting situation way longer. And honestly, in life as well, I think that is the more like, you know, the butterflies you get in your stomach when you're like, I like this person, but I don't know if they like me back. And it's this slow Mm. burn. I think Mm. there's something there in common where it's like, oh, there's something with that, both the innocence of like not touching each other. And then a tiny touch is like magnetic or electrifying. And then also like, you know, it's the first. Um I feel like there's some kind of connection there. And because that that just formed mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm not sure if that's very <laughs> coherent. But I, I feel um, like I see like some kind of thing linking those two. Yes, that could be it. But I think for me, it, it isn't necessarily that it's the first love. But it's the if we think about what you said about time as well. Because like a lot of time passes before you actually get to see some action, which yeah. makes it yet again like absence make uh, I don't know if it really does make the heart grow fonder, but um, it's somehow and I feel like so why I brought this up is I think <laughs> that have we gone like a total full circle in however you want to define love and a relationship yeah. that. Yet again, with all of these choices we have to make, uh, especially when we're quite young nowadays, as in like, oh, you have to go to school and you have to choose the right education, you have to get the right job and all of that. 
in one way it's kind of freeing with the the i guess rigidness of that time or like uh, there is something of course i'm romanticizing i i wouldn't want to live in no Regis here. fucking way <laughs> unless i was super fucking rich but still but even like, I wouldn't if you're super there. fucking rich i wouldn't want to live in that era <laughs> like honestly i wouldn't want to live in any other era than the one we are in right now as a woman as a man i could live in any fucking yeah, era yeah, yeah, exactly. as a woman no of era course. than this yeah uh let's hope for a better future but uh, still uh, i just think that we have so many choices that it makes people like burn out and get depressed because i should be able to choose things for myself but it's somehow nice with structure as well yeah and like (laughs) because <laughs> in one way it was easier it was like okay i know that this guy is gonna come talk to me i'm gonna talk to them and then we're gonna do a dance and then he's gonna talk to my dad and then we're married <laughs> once a day it's just like <laughs> oh, insane. and today it's more like oh they're like this person where do where do i get a date do i go to a bar should we not go to a bar how much should i invest in myself and it's it has become this uh, it's like fast fashion but with love or relationships yeah, like something around the simplicity and the straightforwardness of it is yeah. interesting. I mean, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, but the way you described it, as in like, here's this man, we'll have a dance, then he'll ask my dad and then we'll get married. I'm like, oh, that sounds horrible. I would not yeah, want that. Yeah, of course. I'm pretty sure it was horrible. But there was a, um, a structure for how to court someone yeah well today yeah. it's like oh it could be a could friend be it could be a colleague yeah. it could be just a random guy from tinder but i have no fucking clue i still have no fucking clue i'm 30 years old <laughs> i have well, no money no prospects <laughs> no money no prospect i'm gonna become a spinster <laughs> i'm already burned into my parents <laughs> but basically i'm like oh couldn't things be easier well, because either a- I I just a, a super bad I don't know because I I just feel like and yet again you know with society and all of that and I all of these societal issues are always a thing no matter what time you live in but it's just that now I just feel like I'm unwanted because of representation in media or or this or that. But back then, it would have been so easy. Either I meet someone at the desk and they're just going to ask for my hand. And now I'm just going around in this weird bubble where I'm like, um, I should be happy with my life, but I'm not. But then again, I don't want to meet new people because that takes so much of my energy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes me wonder. It makes me think of a thing like... How was your view, I mean, speaking of like old views and new views on relationships and sex mm-hmm. and like, you know, r- romance. Yeah. How was your view on it while growing up? Because I've always been kind of like a prude person and I don't really know where that comes from. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I'm wondering, like, does that have like what we talked about with like this thing that we see them pride and prejudice is pretty prevalent in korean dramas as mm. well like mm. and a lot mm. of them it's like you watch the entire season and then finally they have a kiss, they kiss. like a closed yeah. mouth kiss not even like french kiss at the end of episode 30 you know yeah. and there's this kind of like um 
this kind of like conservative view on it almost where it's like yeah. oh you like you don't do it quick you know mm. like mm. you it's an important thing that which it still is even if you're treating mm. it as a fast thing you know don't want to <laughs> say that but you know th- there's like a view where things go more slowly or like oh if my mom yeah. was always like with every single person I dated it's like okay are you gonna, are you gonna marry this man and I'm like <laughs> I'm 18 what am I a child bride you know but you know the thing of like this is the one or like mm. don't try to sleep around too much or whatever you know mm. and I'm wondering mm. for myself like did some of those views from like my Asian side go through like you know, soak through. Mm. And that's where my prudeness and some of my views comes from. Because I remember like when I first started dating back in high school, I was very much like, no, I shouldn't do this until I'm 18. Because before that, I'm too young to understand any of this kind of. Okay, so can you, if you're comfortable enough, can you define what you mean by prude when you were like under 18? Well, I think I've still been prude for a long time, you know. Um, what happened? <laughs> no, I think I've just like grown and matured into a big <laughs> mature woman. <laughs> a big mature woman. Um, but like, I always for a long time found it really hard to like, you know, hold hands or like talk about sex, even with my partners and, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of those things. Um Okay. And like with friends as well, that I'm just mm. like, oh, this is too intimate, kind of, and like, oh, I can't talk to anybody about this. But mm. what about you? What what has like your view on it been? Do you feel like you're more Western in your view, or more like? Yeah, I think so. Eastern? I feel like now that you told me this about your prudeness, I'm like, <laughs> I I think I'm the other way around. Just that I haven't been in a relationship for ten years almost. So like. Uh, basically i would say uh like i usually say this but i peaked when i was like 16 <laughs> and then it's just <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> now you gotta explain no, but I, i've been I've, i would say that i was quite um so i have this i guess asian part where i've seen all of these tvb dramas which are exactly kind of the same as the ak dramas where yeah. you know in episode 25 which is the ending episode, the last episode, that's when they maybe kiss. Yeah. And they never show anything explicit or so on. But whilst on the other hand, um, with like the Western media and how, how Sweden can be quite free in those senses. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like uh, I don't have necessarily problem with intimacy or like I have no problem talking about sex. It's just that I don't have that that often anymore (laughs) again back to the problem with me not wanting to meet new people because i'm like tired of their shit but i i don't think i've ever had any bigger problems with talking about sex or relationships it's just that uh, it doesn't come up that often i guess for Mm me yeah because i'd say that i was I, i wasn't prude and I wouldn't say I'm prude now, but now again, I think the stakes have changed as well. Because I also think that when I was younger and more, I get fit into the mold of, um, of I guess, being an Asian, like a younger Asian person. 
<laughs> as in like the mold of that whatever that means because i think that the fact that um how society has viewed us and by us i'm meaning like you and me in a western space mm. uh has i guess um added to the fact of feeling at first unwanted and then at a, a sudden very wanted mm. Like all the weebs, please, you can line them up. Like, <laughs> you know, and that part, and that made it, I guess, yeah, and in a sense, like fetishized. Mm. So for me, like sex and relationship and whatever that was, it came not necessarily from a place from the heart, somehow. Yeah. Um whilst as i uh, and now it sounds like i've been fucking around a lot i haven't it's not that <laughs> not that it matters like but but just so but i i don't know i just feel like it is i i think i ro- i romanticized this like pure love but like real love when i was younger and i i guess i still do um but now that i'm older i just feel like i don't fit into a mold anymore because i'm like when people in all of these westernized shows when they're talking about like oh this one night stand and this blah 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 i'm like i haven't had a one night stand in like long time years and like i don't think that is the way for me either to move forward because i'm i don't know and maybe it's like uh, um it, uh, um, I don't know a weird relationship I have with my body mm. today rather than the other way around do you understand how I mean <laughs> not sure can you explain a bit more <laughs> <laughs> okay um so I guess basically when I was younger it was more I was more in tune with myself in a way and more with my body Like, I liked the way I looked, and it was obviously a key to success when I was, like, 16 to whatever that was. Um, Whilst today, I feel like it's maybe more of a hurdle. (laughs) (laughs) What is this look you're giving me? Okay, but continue. Like, how is it a hurdle? Today? Yeah, that you're not in tune with your body or like with your image or like which yeah. part is <laughs> mostly the hurdle. Do you think you mentally is a hurdle for yourself or is it like... Yes, but both that and also again with representation and how society views someone like on the outside. Because like I, I know that I have a personality. That's not the issue. Either you like my personality or you don't. But I can feel like, okay, so I'm a bigger Asian woman at like, what? how old am I now? Like 30. And it in like the stakes are way higher as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Because like, I sure, I could fuck around for a few years, but then like, do I want to get married? Do I want kids? Do I want this or that? And... Yeah, so I guess it's that, that the stakes are higher now than they were when I was younger. Because Mm -hmm. then you feel like you have your entire life ahead of you. You have other issues, of course, but like, it's, uh, yeah, so I think that is the part that has changed for me. Yeah, okay. (laughs) This turned into like a therapy call. (laughs) That's all right. 
Yeah, I don't even know what my point is. Um, but like, uh, yeah. So I guess it, to go back to like the entire pre- prejudice part and K dramas and so on. Like, I do hold, uh, and I guess romanticize love in a way. Yeah, and and maybe that is the part because when I watch all the other movies when they just fuck around all the fucking time, I'm like, I don't, I don't identify with this necessarily. Mm. and it's not because i'm a prude person it's just like that's not my reality but maybe also, i'm an incel i have no <laughs> fucking clue <laughs> like, so why is no one sleeping with me <laughs> uh, involuntarily celibate <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but I, think I don't also, know so like those kind of movies like they're not necessarily romantic and that's not what people no. watch mm. when they are out to watch something about romance if you're out to mm. watch somebody just banging you'd watch porn or erotica <laughs> so of course you know like but... that wouldn't be the case um mm. yeah no but i'm just saying that the way love stories are usually told nowadays with uh like I don't know, a snapshot from our time. It's usually like, oh, it's a strong woman doing this and this business, blah, blah, blah. And then she goes out to a bar, she meets a guy, they go home, they fuck. And then it's like, do I love this guy? Do I not love this guy? And I just feel like I I, I get it because I've seen it so many times in movies and other types of media. But I'm like, that's not my reality. Yeah. Nobody ever hits on me. Either I'm scary or, like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no fucking clue. But I just feel like, uh, so, and, and maybe that is why I romanticize that time so much, like the Regency era of Pride of Prejudice and gay dramas, because I'm like, oh, I guess, it, like, good for them. They didn't, they didn't fucking have a baby the first thing they did. And not that, like, I'm not judging anybody who does that. But it's just like, it's not my story, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, it's become really, like, hot again, like, Mm -hmm. in media because of, like, last year Bridgerton came out, right? And that became, Mm -hmm. like, a huge hit because everybody was stuck in their houses and it was, like, one of the few (laughs) shows you could watch that was, like, remotely interesting and then spoke to all of Mm -hmm. us, like you know period drama nuts and like the interesting thing with that one that we we mentioned representation a couple of times in this episode so far but like that show is made by Shondaland that also did Mm. Grey's Anatomy and some other shows and they have this thing Mm. that's called colorblind casting when they're just like Mm. yeah we don't care like it doesn't have to be historically correct we're just gonna like cast for representation and diversity and you know it's it was really refreshing watching a show that specifically a period drama that did that because you so mm. rarely see yes. people of color or different backgrounds in a period mm. drama because it's mostly yeah. like super fucking white. And yeah. it was really nice seeing like, oh, there's an Asian lady here. Or there's like black mm. people in this and they're in mm. like different levels of society and different classes than mm. what they're usually depicted in and mm. it allows people to like feel like they could belong in yeah. this kind of stories or see themselves yeah. in those kind of stories but then again yeah. it was also like a really problematic shows in other ways because they did yes. it such like in such a half-assed way where it's like 
they were like it's colorblind casting and race is not really a thing but then they had this one episode where they talked a little bit about it but it did it really poorly mm. and never touched upon it again and obviously this show yeah. has other problematic aspects uh, yeah. like sexual mm. assault and stuff like that mm. um so it's like a tricky thing but it's like interesting how it got super big and it also fits into that yeah. like period drama like <laughs> area yeah, of I, media exactly. that we've talked about yeah because i guess the um, the setting is the same but it was also yes i agree with you it was very refreshing seeing other types of people in that place at that time but then again i kind of grew very bored of the story because yet again they're just going around fucking they're having parties and they're fucking it was just like it's like our time today mm. but in a different setting but the story was the same I think parts yes and parts no because the yeah. main storyline was like the mm-hmm. s- the same as basically Pride and Prejudice where it was yeah, like yeah, yeah. they yeah. had this long courting relationship and then they didn't <laughs> yeah. get like you know they got to the funky stuff in the middle and not in yeah. the end like they had sex <laughs> yeah. and whatever but then you have like the side stories of like Mm, and that mm. was mostly like all these dudes which was showing off like well in any era like time time era if you're a man (laughs) you could do whatever without really getting like problems with it um so it was like showing off to different aspects of it but it is that thing where it's like it is a pretty modern show but set in like a more like in the regency era and stuff like that yeah um yeah yeah, so because I was like, okay, this could be super fun because it was refreshing at the first, I guess, first episode. But then I was like, okay, if we disregard the entire ca- casting thing, the show itself is still like, yeah, they're going around fucking half of the fucking episode is them fucking. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. They love each other or whatever their relationship is about. But I wanted something. I guess I wanted something more. And what like does that deeper, mean? Yeah. Deeper. Like something that Pride and Prejudice actually gives me. A dopamine <laughs> hit, you know? As I, in like, when they touch, I'm like, oh my god. That I wanted. <laughs> yeah. I guess that could only mean like, you just gotta go back and watch <laughs> Pride and Prejudice again. I don't think like, I mean, when you have a movie that you like so much, I don't think mm. anything else can come out of it. Especially if you've watched it like a million times. I don't think anything yeah. can come up and compare to it. I don't know. Well, I, I as I said before, I've had all of these different, um, I guess, obsessions with things. Uh, because I think in the same time I was watching Pride and Prejudice, I also watched um, uh, Amelie, the yeah. movie Amelie. Yeah, uh, also a billion times. I but I haven't watched it now for like ten years, so I don't know if I remember that much. But that was also so I get this very specific, and that yet again, that is also a movie about love, which is very, um, because in the end they get each other and they have a kiss, and that's it. But it's yeah. about this longing of love. Mm. This is my issue, I guess. <laughs> <It's> like, I'm <laughs> longing for love, long. but I'm like... <laughs> yeah, but yet again, I feel like I don't belong. Or somehow, I don't know. It, it, it's a weird uh, dynamic. But I find the, I'm guessing I find that interesting somehow. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the, the romanticization of romance. Yeah, yeah. In all of this. 
<laughs> I don't know where we landed. I don't know where we started, and I I don't know what what this is. Trying to condense the entire discussion in the episode into questions for you. What stories have you been obsessed with, and why? And not only physically, but also mentally. Do you identify with the stories told today? Thank you again for listening to the Asian Fit. We are Suking and Emily. If you have any questions or if you'd like to share anything, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at the Asian Fit Podcast or by email through the Asian Fit Podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, bye!